0: Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in. Pull up a chair next to the fire. Looks like you've had a long journey. Welcome to the year 2024. I'm your host, Ryan. And joining me this week is my co-host, Travis. How's it going, Travis?
1: Hey, Ryan. I'm good. Happy New Year. I'm happy to be here starting off the the new year with uh, with the TGI crew and uh, looking forward to getting things kicked off with you.
0: Yeah. Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, Jocelyn is, uh, feeling unwell this week. We wish her, uh, well in her recovery. Uh, she'll be back, uh, next week. We're excited to sort of look forward at what's coming out in 2024, both with set release dates and planned release dates. We're going to go over what we're anticipating most next week, but, uh, I wanted to have Travis on this week and kick things off with, um, you know, we've been off for a couple weeks. Obviously we're keeping in touch on Discord and, in the gamers in discord. Uh, but I'm curious over the holidays, there's lots of sales. I don't know if you're like me, Travis, and you basically collect a list of games that you didn't buy yourself because you had so much else going on. And just like, you provide that list to everybody who says, what do you want for Christmas, Ryan or Travis in your case, if they're saying, what do you want for Christmas, Ryan? And they're talking to you. That'd be, I mean, you'd correct them obviously like, no, my name's, my name's Travis. Um, so yeah, what did what what happened over the holidays? Did you get some games under the tree? I think
1: if anyone asks me, what do you want for Christmas, Ryan? That that's you know that's the person you don't tell them the game that you really want because um, you you know you're not going to get it when they're calling you Ryan and, and
0: your name is Travis. <laughs> right, um, that's
1: true. So you just you just avoid that situation. You're like uh, you know socks would be great socks, um, but-,
0: <laughs> but then I get socks is what I right. think is probably happening, and I'm like, man, Travis, you couldn't have said. Well, I don't know.
1: Well, <laughs> well, when people ask you, what do you want for Christmas, Ryan? It's it's different than when people ask me, what do you want for Christmas? That's Ryan.
0: <laughs> true. Yes. <laughs> Everyone needs socks, though. So I guess I shouldn't complain. But, you know, jokes aside, uh, what? Uh, yeah. What did you did you get anything under the tree for video games, even if it was for the family? You know, I know you have a you have a, a gaming family there. So I'm sure you got some fun stuff.
1: I did. So I, well, I guess I should rephrase. I didn't personally, because I've become one of those people where, uh, I watch for the sales myself. I make a list and then I just stock up like starting black Friday. I just stock up from the next year, uh, and just start picking things up. And I know like, I will play this sometimes during the next six months. Um, my gift buying family members are not necessarily, uh, gaming industry friendly and familiar. And I I don't want to make them uncomfortable by trying to have them go out and and find something or pick up something that they don't know what it is or what have you. So as far as me personally, um, I like black Friday is like my Christmas because that's the day when I see what all the sales are. And that's when when I find out what great games I'm going to be playing for 50% off over the next few months. Um, but for the tree, um, like you said, I do have a bit of a gaming family in the sense that I have three sons. Um, the oldest is eight, and the youngest will be uh, well. The youngest is three, um, so we're uh, we're a bit of a Mario family. Um, we have a family Switch, and that of course meant that we got a copy of Mario Wonder, uh, which we we opened and uh, and played quite a bit on Christmas morning. Um, not quite as much since then. They're they're still stuck on Sackboy, uh, shockingly <laughs> enough.
0: You just can't um, escape it. I
1: can I cannot. <laughs> it's, it's the, the best non Mario Mario game. Um, that
0: you're going to find. Yeah. Plus it has Bruno Mars. So you can't go wrong. Right. And man, they
1: will every time they play one of the music levels every time it's usually Bruno Mars. Um, of course. because I think that's like the first one. So it's easily found and accessible. Um, but yeah, they're a big fan of that. Um, but yeah, we're trying to, we also play a lot of, um, whatever the Wii U title was that got ported to Switch, the new Super Bar- Super Mario Bros Wii U Deluxe or some crazy oh, yes. name like that, whatever that's called.
0: Yeah, new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe, I think it is. I think they keep the U in there because it is a Wii U game. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so we played quite a bit of that, and that kind of gave me the impression that uh, Wonder might be a safe Christmas gift. Um, and if they don't play it, as much right, right now, I'm sure there will be, you know, a month from now, that'll be their game of choice. And the only thing that we play for quite a while. Um, but I did get to be Mario elephant for a bit. <laughs> and that was, nice. uh, that was, that was good fun. And I, I had to get sneaky with it as well. Um, I not to go too deep into parenting land, uh, with, with these kind of things, but they, um, so our switch is, is not new at this point. And I have three kids who often will take it and play in handheld mode, which I'm not crazy about. And as a result of kind of all the wear and tear, the card reader doesn't work. Um, So we kind of do just digital games now, which left me as like, how do I give them a digital game in a way that's not super lame uh, on Christmas? And what I ended up doing was I got each of them Mario Christmas ornaments. And then I put, um, I had them all holding each ornament was holding like a clue and a sign that said like, go check your switch. Ah. Um, so then I had, I waited until Christmas Eve. They went to bed. I downloaded the game um, and then set up their, their other presents to tell them to check the switch and then find the game. So it was, it was a nice fun Christmas morning for them.
0: So uh, it's funny. I also had to do something similar because uh, for the kids, I got them just dance, but they have yet to even try it. Although so, There's this whole thing about Just Dance and uh, funny enough, the kids uh, programming at school. I never realized this until like last year at some point, but they are very familiar with Just Dance in that for their exercise time during class time, the teacher will put on like a YouTube clip from Just Dance, one of the games, and they'll play that dance music video uh, for the kids to to get up and move and get away from their desks, so like they're very familiar with Just Dance. So I thought, oh, this would be a great gift. So I buy it, and it's just a code in a box. All of the Just Dance <laughs> versions <laughs> are are code in the box. So I'm like, well, at least then I had something physical I could wrap, but I couldn't wrap right. it until uh, Christmas Eve. Although I guess I could, I maybe I overcomplicated things. Christmas Eve. While I'm home by myself because I had pink eye, uh, and my entire family went to a Christmas Eve dinner, I was home downloading uh, Just Dance from a code onto the Switch, and then wrapping it uh, all while trying not to, to to touch my eye. So that was a, that was fu- that was a fun experience. But uh, we have yet to, to play Just Dance, uh, but the kids I know are very excited to to play. But I had to get a little a little creative there in a sense, just waiting until. Uh, the last minute. Um, and you know, I mentioned, and this is funny because I don't, I don't, I was like kind of contemplating like, man, I did get a lot of games over the holidays and that's kind of true every year. And I'm the same way as you, Travis. Like I, I have a list of games that I will wait for sales on. And because 2023 was such a busy year for games, there was a lot of options. Um, so I kind of made a list and then what, from that list, I determined like, okay, what do I want to get, uh, and make sure I have on sale and what are some easy ones to, to put to the Christmas list that, and then I can, you know, guide either Ashley or, um, Ashley's family likes to, to buy me a gift. So, uh, I'll sometimes give them part of my list. So I, I ended up getting uh Metroid Prime Remastered on the Switch as a gift for for from the family for Christmas. And I figured that was a safe one because like it's not gonna go on sale. It's a Nintendo title, it's already discounted as like at a $50 price point. So I I said to Ashley, like this is a safe bet. You can buy it whenever if you so choose to pick it up. So I did get that one. Uh played a little bit of it. I'm I'm like trying to avoid playing everything a little bit and i'm trying to like pick games that i know i because all these games that i got i I know i want to dive in and Mm -hmm. finish them i don't want to like play two hours and then all right what's next you know (laughs) uh so i did get metro prime remastered uh jedi survivor was actually purchased as a christmas gift and i knew that because i ordered it for myself it's like well it's on sale i'll get it and you can wrap it um, but then it went on sale further. I'm not doing
1: all the work for you here. I'll buy it, but you still got to wrap it for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It wasn't wrapped because it, it didn't last that long. Essentially like two weeks later, it went on sale further on the Xbox store. And I'm like, I'm just going to return this. And then I'm going to, going to buy this on sale. Like, you know, we got enough, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. No worries. It was totally cool. Um, so I got that one on sale. It's waiting for me. Uh, I also got, uh, Final Fantasy 16 as a gift from Ashley's parents. So that was, uh, that was very nice. I remember my father-in-law saying when I opened it, he says like, you're going to have fun with that one playing 10 minutes at a time. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs>
1: You could almost make it through a cutscene like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, all, probably not. <laughs> no, if it's that's, anything that's like, an
1: overstatement. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's just funny. Cause he's, he's, as he's saying that I've got three kids running around like crazy uh, on Christmas. Um, or this was a couple of days after Christmas, of course. But, uh, and then, you know, in terms of sales, I also picked up, uh, the last of us part one for our game club and, uh, Alan wake Two. Um, that's one I'm Alan looking Wake to play.
1: Too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw that on sale. At, so I did not pick up Alan Wake two. Um, it was one that, uh, so I, I guess to, to make you not feel quite as out on a limb, I did purchase several games myself. Uh, it wasn't all about just getting a game for the kids. <laughs>
0: so no, no, I figured I, I knew you were, I knew you'd bought, uh, yourself a, a good chunk. So yeah. I did.
1: Yeah. So I, I also picked up the last of us Two. Um, I'm sorry, not, not the Last of Us 2. The yes, the Last of Us Part One, <laughs> I, uh, the yeah, the PlayStation Five remake of the remaster of the Last of Us, <laughs> now of a part the one HBO series, yeah, actually, right? <laughs> it's perfect. Um, no, so I haven't uh, haven't gotten into that one yet, but I'm looking forward to uh, to getting that kicked off with Game Club here shortly. Um, so I picked that up. Uh, another one of your favorites, Marvel's Midnight Suns, uh, which Ooh, I have nice. not jumped into um either i'm kind of holding off i know uh, another discord buddy of ours picked it up as well and we're we're talking about like we maybe play it at the same time because it's not a co-op game but we can play it kind of simultaneously and still talk about it um so maybe that'll be one that we get through um you know at, at some point in the spring possibly um and then dark souls 2 was uh, not a current game, but I've also sort of received this challenge. Oh God, it had to be over a year ago now where someone told me that, like, you know, just trying to put me in painful positions, I guess, uh, insisted that, like, hey, I-, I hear if you platinum all the From games, that means you win at video games. Um, and I was like, OK, fine, I'll do it. Um, so I've <laughs> I've kind of gradually been doing that. Uh, and I've now gotten all of them. So I, I own them all now because I picked up dark souls two and, and three. Um, and then I just finished, I did play two is the only one that I, I've played that I bought at Christmas. Uh, so I played that, finished the platinum recently. So now the only one I have left is dark souls three and I will have platinumed the entire souls Seki ring series, which just gets harder and harder to say the more games they release, um, but here we are. But the reason that I uh, I, I originally brought all that up, so I, I bought that those half dozen games or so that I just mentioned, and then later I saw Alan Wake was on sale as well, and I, I almost bought it um, because I kind of, you know, I'm a little bit caught up in the hype from, uh, from the Game Awards, and I really enjoyed the original Alan Wake um, 10 years ago-ish when I first played it, so I kind of want to see what it's about. Um, but I held off, uh, I ultimately held off just knowing like I, I've got more than enough other things to play right now. Um, I'm sure it'll go on sale again before I would get to it, but, uh, I'm with you. You, you, have inspired me. Your mention of it has, has caused me to talk about all my purchases and the fact that uh, all of that just prevented me from buying it. But otherwise I probably would have picked it up as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, I did pick it up. So I was talking to Jocelyn today, just checking in and see how she's doing uh, the idea is we're still going to talk about Alan Wake 2 by the end of the month. I know she picked <laughs> it up on the Epic Game Store. Uh, I actually, <laughs> I did something I try not to do is I crunched the numbers on like purchasing the deluxe edition, which comes with the DLC. I like to wait until all the DLCs out to, you know, to get that one. But I got the Alan Wake 2 deluxe because it ended up being like 50 bucks off and i really enjoyed control and the dlc's that they offered there so uh yeah i'm 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 really excited to uh play that one and i have yet to dive in i, I, I promised myself i would because uh well <laughs> frankly because because i need to uh uh what, what's what am i i need to make sure it's going to run on my pc um <laughs> it should but like the question becomes like, is it gonna run to a point where it's like uh, struggling? I guess so. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta test that. I, I should still have time. It shouldn't be an issue. But
1: those know. remedy games are pretty resource intensive, I, I believe, right? I mean, they. I feel like Control, when it first came out, at least had really high standards to. Maybe not minimum standards, but at least standards for it to run well. Uh, I feel like took quite a bit.
0: Yeah, no, it, they usually do have, yeah, control is pretty resource intensive. So I want to make sure that's going to run. I'm going to check that out, but I, I, I think it'll be fine. My goal was to get Alan Wake on consoles, but I, I just couldn't pass up that deal. So I was like, I, I'll play it on PC and uh, we'll make the best of it.
1: Now you've got the DLC and uh, you also picked up Final Fantasy 16 just in time for the DLC. So you'll be just rolling in things <laughs> that you can do. Uh over the next uh, few months or really probably year <laughs> with as much as you've got going on.
0: Yeah, I and I also uh I wanted to make sure that I like I'm trying this year to finish more games before buying more games and sort of help by the fact that there really isn't a lot coming out. Um I know February is a somewhat big month with the with uh, the Final Fantasy 7 remake follow up with Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth and uh, I, I think that's one that is like I could wait or I might put on my birthday list because it's 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 close enough. But I I I don't know. Like uh, these games, I feel pretty good about it. Like I didn't get everything that I missed last year. Like I I did have some other stuff on there, um, some of which I'm waiting for either you know Game Pass or or further sales. But um, you know Assassin's Creed Mirage, uh, uh, Pikmin Four, Diablo Four. I, I did not pick those up. Those are still MIA, but uh, yeah, like like every year, a good stocking up was had. So I'm glad uh, I'm glad you could be here to to share in our laundry list of games <laughs> that we now have. I'm
1: just, now I'm just stuck thinking about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Um, I I loved remake, um, so I'm I'm all there, and I somehow managed to keep forgetting that it's coming out. Probably just because of such a crazy year that we've just had that it hasn't been on my mind so much but prior to prior to like June of last year I was just like when is this coming when is this coming and uh, I'm so glad that we're almost there um, I I don't know I'm all in to see what uh, what they have next or what they have going on for that that's probably my most anticipated game for a while
0: <laughs> Yeah. well it's certainly one that has a release date and will be coming out <laughs> that, you <know>. that helps <laughs> i don't mean it like i think 2024 is gonna have some fun stuff i think there's a chance nintendo's gonna have a very um strong showing if if the switch's release was I, i don't think we're gonna have a new zelda for the super switch or whatever they end up doing but um we are due another 3d mario um yeah we'll see it's all all who knows i mean february should have a direct do i think they're going to announce a, a switch follow-up in february i i don't think so that we might have to wait till june who knows honestly it's so hard to predict with that with that company mm-hmm. but uh you know we uh we talked about what we bought over the holidays but i wanted to talk about uh some games that i played over the holidays uh and yes some of it was the stuff that i mentioned but for the most part it was not it was something else (laughs) because i had some other stuff that i was uh that i was really interested in in playing so first up i returned to darkest dungeon 2 uh, which i believe is a game i talked about last when you were on I can't remember yeah. if... We, yeah, we
1: did talk about that. It might have been the Final Fantasy sixteen episode, but we we did once when I was on uh, last year talk about Darkest Dungeon 2 as well. Um, and if I remember correctly, it's kind of a roguelike version of Darkest Dungeon.
0: Yes, yeah, they definitely made a roguelike with the Darkest Dungeon feel and gameplay. Like, I, I feel like the combat is still very much a, uh, the same in the sense that you have your four characters on the left and, you know, uh, up to four enemies on the right and you're taking turns in battle and you have the sanity meter and, uh, you have meltdowns and, you know, your characters being resolute in, in terms of, which doesn't happen as often as you would hope. It's mostly meltdowns. <laughs> um, but your characters reset every run. Uh, they don't, uh, well, I guess they, they die and they reset, but you have, I just discovered this cause I actually was playing and I was getting good enough that I actually finished a run. And <laughs> when you finish a run and your characters survive, they still, they don't die, but they still like, you know, retire, I guess. And then just, you can like,
1: they just get real sick.
0: <laughs> they get real sick and they stay home. <laughs> they all get pink eye, you know, it's a very nasty dungeon. Down there. So <laughs> they <laughs> gross. Um, they all uh they're just rubbing their face up against the walls of the dungeon. I don't know.
1: That'll get your pink eye for sure. I've seen those dungeons.
0: That'll definitely you know, always wash your hands after you go into the darkest dungeon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Make sure you like sing, sing happy birthday in your head. I think is how long you're supposed to watch your hands. Is that right?
0: I think so. I mean, we should all know that via we should be experts. Um, okay. Well, darkest dungeon two. Uh, it's so anyways. Uh, yes. If your character survive, uh, which just happened to me, I, I did finish the first sort of like, um, I guess there's ways. So like you take on, there's five different things you have to take on. Uh, the first one is denial. Uh, I finally discovered where the second one was after playing for six months, which is uh, resentment, <laughs> which I guess works <laughs> it's
1: such a happy game. <laughs> I know, well, it,
0: it really shouldn't surprise you that a lot of stuff going on in this is, is, is bad. There's no, there's not a lot of good going on here in terms of like the story and gameplay yeah. and it's a, it's a fun game. I want to say it's fun. Like I enjoy the loop. Like when you're winning, you, you really feel it it doesn't feel as um, it's uh, like, I think I talked about this when we first played it uh, when we first talked about it. It's like, it doesn't feel punishing until it is. So (laughs) I really felt like I was able to understand (laughs) and progress through the gameplay enough that by the time I got to the final region, which would be the boss region, that's when it became near impossible uh, to win. Like, it became very punishing. But all the way up to that, it felt like the game was being fair. Um, and it was designed to challenge, but not to, like, make you th- throw your controller uh, across the room or, or rage quit or wh- how, however you react healthfully, hopefully, to, to a video game like this. Um, although the first two were, probably weren't very healthy. Although Alta 4, I think that's that's healthy. That's like scr- That's like the screaming into a pillow of video games, right? just Alt-F4 is the screaming into a pillow of video games.
1: It just uh, depends whether or not you uninstall it afterwards. I think that's the that's the dividing line.
0: <laughs> that would be like screaming into the pillow and then throwing the pillow in the front yard. Right. Yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> But that, that does sound very much in line with the, the original Darkest Dungeon. I, I can't remember the exact quote, but I'm fairly sure every time you boot it up... Um, it takes you to a screen that says something along the lines of like darkest dungeon is a game about making the best out of a bad situation. Um, so that sounds very much in line with, uh, what you're saying now and and what they had set out to achieve initially. So that's cool. That's a good, yeah.
0: And they have that message at the, at the top of this game as well, basically saying like, don't worry, failure is, is part of the journey or basically whatever, you know, hang in there dot poster, you know, type thing. (laughs) um, So the whole reason I I returned to the game and and wanted to talk about on the show is that I got a review code for the DLC that just launched uh, late last year called The Binding Blade. Uh, It's not a Fire Emblem game, but it is The Binding Blade. Um, It adds two new heroes, uh, The Duelist, uh, which is available right away. So you get access to The Duelist right away as you uh, boot up the game and you create your team. She is uh, a very much like a, a very interesting character because she's very robust in terms of like she can move across all of the ranks. So essentially the ranks is like your position in combat, one through four and you have abilities that you can use based on your rank. So she can work really well you know in the in the front of of battle or at the very back of the battle, rank one through four. and a lot of her abilities allow her to move. Uh, across the ranks and she has uh this stance two stances that she kind of switches between a defensive and uh attack stance and that allows her to sort of move quickly across across the ranks and, and move around and she's very uh very versatile and and very um she works really well on the team and that's how I was able to win I I don't know if I can say you know the DLC is overpowered um because I'm probably just not good enough with the base characters, uh, to, to say one way or another, but I was able to finish the first, I guess, chapter of the game, uh, using the duelist on my team, but she's just, she's just able to dole out a lot of damage and move around, uh, cause some of the enemies will actually use their abilities to move you out of rank. Mm -hmm which does immediately impact your characters and the moves they can use. So if you have a specific strategy that hinges on uh, the Plague Doctor in the fourth rank and, and and that Plague Doctor gets moved out of that rank and, and suddenly becomes unusable, um, you're going to waste turns moving characters back into position. So uh, the Duelist is very mobile. Uh, the second character that you get is the Crusader, which my understanding is a return from uh the original darkest dungeon i believe he was in the in the original um now the crusader does not become immediately available the crusader is actually available by doing a quest which i thought was really interesting because uh from what i experienced of my time with the game there aren't there aren't quests there are there isn't like a There isn't like a line. So basically what you're doing here to unlock the crusader is you're given a trophy at your first inn, And that's something they added in in this game is you can get trophies that uh, unlock uh, further rewards or allow you to progress in a run. Uh, But the trophy basically sets up this quest line and sets you down a path to find specific encounters, use items on specific enemies to give those enemies a buff and then get another item And it's just a really, it was a really interesting way of guiding me through the game, having me on the lookout for specific enemies, um, and to unlock the crusader and eventually ended with just a boss battle, uh, that then unlocked like a, a a new roaming boss. So there, I guess, technically there's also a new roaming boss that they added in this DLC. So it was, it was really interesting. And it, it took me a while to unlock the crusader because I was, I was trying to, you know, figure out what the quest lines were. Cause they give little clues. They don't like immediately tell you like go here, defeat this, go here, use this. They they say stuff like, uh, you find like a like an old map and it, it doesn't say find the store and sell it. It says like the only person that would find this valuable are merchants of old or something. And it's like, okay, well, let's go to the the hoarder and then we'll we'll sell the map and get the next piece in the line. Uh so I thought that was really creative and a really interesting way to encourage you not just to start another run with uh, these new heroes, but to really just go in and play the game with this new twist, with the, with this quest in mind. So I really enjoyed it. I really thought that quest was really well put together and uh, and kind of got you back into the game without you just having two new heroes at your disposal. So they give you one up front. And then the other one you unlock, and I wonder if that'll kind of be like their path moving forward for all their DLC as they add characters. Um, but yeah, I really uh I really dug it. It was really cool. And the Crusader's a lot of fun. I, I did unlock him. Um I don't have a lot of experience from him in the first game, but he has like a lot of abilities where he can like use burn abilities. Like he's very much like a frontline uh attacker but he has the ability to sort of light people on fire and then he can use his sword. He's a heavy melee attacker and stuff like that. So I'm still working my way through unlocking stuff, but yeah, it's a, it's a really good piece of DLC. Uh, I think it's like 13 bucks Canadian and there's, there's a good chunk of content in there. And like, not only do they add these new characters, these characters have their own sort of storyline and everything. And, uh, like I said, they had a new boss, uh, and, did yeah it
1: add did it add any kind of new mechanic at all? i remember the first major d l c for the original um it had it was it was like a almost vampire themed in that there were like new bug enemies and mosquito enemies that would come and uh they would like do like a blood drinking thing and you could get a blood sickness so you had to carry blood vials with you to to like counteract that too did they add any new kinds of like punishments or different ailments that you have to account for <laughs>
0: uh no not, not as, as far as I could tell they haven't added anything like new like that it's it's really just these um the new characters and the new roaming boss that you unlock after you um you defeat him the first time uh and the quest line too so like nothing punishing like no nothing more to look out for i I feel like they could also like do they could alternate like you know maybe add a new region or or like you said like a new layer um but like i feel like that i think that that could be tough for balance like i I wonder if it's something they don't want to do right away because it's like it's already like a delicate balance in terms of how much punishment's in there
1: (laughs) yeah i mean don't get me wrong i would have been fine had they not added that extra yeah. extra problem for me to work with. Um, I was just curious if they were going to continue that trend of like, let's make it more difficult and complicated. Or if it was more of a just here's new content. Uh, it, it,
0: yeah. It really does feel like this is a here's new content. And I, I feel like the crusader was one that people were really hoping to see in the game. So the fact that they've added it as their first DLC is like sort of a, a nod to fans of like, yes, we hear you, you know, this we this game was in early access for quite a while. So I think that once the heroes were locked, it had a lot more time in front of, you know, gamers eyes in terms of like what was going to be included in the base game when it launched. So it felt like there was more time in the limelight where the full roster was shown. I I could have that wrong, but I feel like because it was an early access, you, you kind of had an idea of what you were going to get at 1.0. So, I'm wondering if maybe the Crusader being added um, as feedback was like probably received pretty early on if he wasn't in the original roster. That's just what I gather from some of the community notes as I was trying to figure out what to do next uh, as I was struggling in the Darkest Dungeon. But um, other stuff that they've added since we last talked is, uh, you know, proper controller support. So I was playing on the Steam Deck, but playing primarily in handheld. Uh, but they've actually added uh, proper controller support. So I've been playing in docked mode, works really well. And I uh, was actually testing with other controllers just because I was trying to, this is something I'll probably talk about in a couple of weeks, but uh, I was trying to figure out the best controller to use on the Steam Deck because I'm experiencing a lot of disconnects. Um, mm. And I think it has to do with like the Bluetooth connectivity and just the interference that I have in my in my living room there uh, with just all the other devices so I tried it with the Xbox controller and like I I updated the firmware on the Xbox controller and that worked a little bit better. But I tried a PlayStation controller and it was absolutely did, did not work uh and again probably not the PlayStation's fault but just it didn't work. Uh but it did display PlayStation buttons which I thought was really cool. So they have added proper controller support with um support for many platforms so uh or many uh, controller buttons i really like that they're doing that now and giving a nod to to playstation controllers as well so yeah um i think if you're playing darkest dungeon 2 and you enjoyed that experience this dlc is going to add like more to what you've already been enjoying so uh it's worth picking up and uh yeah i'll continue to sort of try to win the darkest dungeon i i don't i'm not great at it but sometimes you get a team that works really well together and they actually like each other. So that's the struggle.
1: Nobody wins in the
0: darkest dungeon. That's the, no.
1: that's the first lesson.
0: <laughs> my, my problem is, is that all my characters hate each other by the time I get to the final boss.
1: If I were through the darkest dungeon, I would hate everything when I came out.
0: <laughs> yeah. By the time you get to just the mountain that is oozing with just dark energy, um, everyone just hates each other. But my problem is like everyone hates each other by the end of it. And then no matter like all the moves. So essentially when you have a negative relationship between characters, it puts a debuff on one of your moves. Mm. And when you use that move, it it has a negative uh, reaction to the character that doesn't like you. So in my luck, it usually ends up being a healing skill or a high attack skill. I don't know if that's just done by on purpose by design, but it seems to what always impact me. Uh, So, yeah, every time I get to the final boss, it's like, well, great. My high power skills and my healing skills make someone hate me. (laughs) So (laughs) it's a struggle. It's a struggle. But, you know, we made it through denial. I did not think I'd be able to do it because, as I said, the final bosses are very punishing. Um, We'll see if I make it through resentment. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. I think it literally is the five steps of the darkest dungeon. So we'll see.
1: Maybe that's why your team all hates each other. It's it's that resentment creeping in. It's it's the theme of
0: the dungeon. True, true. Yeah, we'll see. Well, hopefully, there's like a level that's just like joy. I highly doubt it. Yeah, yeah. elation. This is elation level. The secret cow level in Diablo. Like, let's get to that. The equivalent in darkest dungeon is just like everyone's happy. You know, it's a, it's a birthday party or something. That's that's the secret level. <laughs>
1: And, uh, and you said you've been playing on Steam and Steam Deck. It looks like, um, I just Googled it if anyone else is interested. It is also available on uh, PlayStation and Xbox.
0: I'm oh, is it sure really? I'm not sure
1: about Switch. Uh, or is this telling me, let's see. Oh, no, this is the, that's probably the original. I'm getting mixed feedback. I keep seeing, it keeps mixing one and two. So I could be wrong. Road
0: yeah, Darkest Dungeon 2 is only on PC for now. I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if they launch uh, in console at some point.
1: Maybe that's planned. Yeah, I keep seeing many different things. So strike that, I guess, just keep your eye on it if it's something you're interested in, uh, Up the console release. It may happen. It looks like there is at least interest in it, but perhaps it has not happened yet.
0: Yeah. I, my favorite thing about the sequel, and, and then we'll move on, is is the fact that the artwork is like they've taken the 2D artwork from the first one and in my opinion, I'm no artist, but in my opinion, perfectly adapted it to 3D. Like it looks like the art from the first one, but it's 3D and it's just so well done. Like uh my favorite thing about it. Um besides the resentment parties that we have at the end of <laughs> at the at the mountain. You know, always a good time. Um but yeah, I I highly recommend it. I'm, I'm enjoying it even though I am as I said probably this episode many times and Previously, when we talked about it, terrible at the game, uh, but still have fun. I still have fun, especially at the early on when they're they before you get to the first in, they throw like one encounter at you and it's su- it's super easy. It's just like, man, I'm the best at this game. Um, before
1: everyone hates each other and then
0: before. <laughs> yeah, at that point, everyone's like, we're going on an adventure, you know? Uh, yeah, not so much after the first or second in, even though I do try to like make everyone happy by buying them items to increase their. Their happiness and, and whatnot. Um, but uh, another game uh, that I played over the holidays, and uh, this one I'm going to talk about, you know, just first impressions, and then I will probably talk about it again next week because I'm still working my way through it. And it is a kind of a, it's a, it's a big game, uh, although it's it's also one of those games where I feel like I can actually finish it. It's not so punishing by design that I'm like, sitting here like well there's no way i'm going to finish it but this one's called cookie cutter uh it's another one that i got a review code for uh before the holidays and wanted to check it out over the holidays but this is a hand-drawn metroidvania game with a uh, beat-em-up style combat so when you say metroidvania you think oh it's a dude with a sword or it's a lady with a a, a space uh laser gun you know and that's all it can be. But in this one, you are a uh you're an, a lady android and you are punching bad dudes. And that's 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 the <laughs> I mean that's that's boiling it right down to to the <laughs> to the base mechanics, but if you look at this game, it is so unique. Like just the look of it, um it's kind of like a punk style. Uh I don't think I've seen any game like this before and i think that's what immediately brought me to it is that it just has such a unique art style and of course metroidvania i can't not jump at a metroidvania but uh yeah like the the look of this the 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 unique hand-drawn 2d art um and, the, and all the music too like it's got a great soundtrack as well all the sound design is really good, but that art style is just so unique. And I, and I know you like, you probably took a look at this on steam and were like, this just looks so unique, you know? Yeah. So I know
1: you, you had mentioned it, I think in the discord, uh, maybe in the event ads group or something that you, you were playing it or had planned to play it. And I thought, I, I don't know anything about this game. So I, I watched just, uh, cause I wanted to, he- I didn't want to watch a review because I wanted to hear what you had to say about it, Um, but I did watch the trailer and it does look really, really cool. And I mean, my impression just watching that the trailer was like, this is a very nineties looking game. And I don't mean that from like the quality of it. Um, just like the, the, the apparent attitude of the main character. It's, it's a very like Sonic, you know, we're going to do what Nintendo don't like (laughs) the sort of like anti attitude heroine, uh, who's angsty and out like, I don't want to say out for revenge, but like on a mission or whatever. And it's
0: punkish. She's definitely out for revenge. Like there's, there's some violence going on. (laughs) She's out for revenge. I feel like your, your, your description of like the Mario versus Sonic attitude of the nineties. Um, if Sega allowed Sonic to flip off the camera and Sonic was also like a, like a, like an Android that is just flipping (laughs) off the camera. It's kind of like it's close. You can see it you don't go real fast but you punch real hard real
1: hard yeah <laughs> that was sort of the vibe I got from it just that um yeah it was this it seemed very fitting of like 90s uh, like it, like if it had come out with today's technology in 1995 the attitude of the game would fit right in that <laughs> right in that era with like what was cool and everyone everyone enjoying the punisher and venom and these sort of anti-heroes and just being yeah. a little bit, uh, you know, like we're, you know, we're, we're not all goody two shoes anymore. Like we're, you know, it's cool to be the bad kid. Like that was kind of the vibe that I got from the game. And you're right. The art style looks very cool. Um, and watching, um, the animations reminded me, this might also be where the, um, 90s stuff comes from. Um, but the, the fighting stance and animations and stuff reminded me a lot of like Streets of Rage um, and, and sort of the movement and the attacks and things had that vibe to it for me. So it looks really cool. I, I'm not a huge Metroidvania person, but I do kind of want to check it out. Um, it, it does seem unique and at least like it would be a fun, a fun thing to try for a little while, even if it's not something that's normally in my wheelhouse that I would stick with um, for a long time. It does look pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it it definitely, it definitely fits that bill of like, if you're looking for something unique and you enjoy Metroidvania games, um, I feel like the beat 'em up combat might, you know, push some folks away. The struggle that I have is like, when it comes to beat-em-up gameplay, it depends on how they implement it, but I, I, like with this game, it's very much, you have some simple combos. Um, When you get into a rhythm, that's the main thing for me is like, I found that I was really enjoying the gameplay when I got into that rhythm. And then I found that I was able to progress through any encounter they threw at me so far. Like, I'm not, I'm going to try to go further into the game for next week and, and have more, more, you know, final thoughts. But the, the initial, you know, few environments that I played through, I really felt like with the combat, once I got into a rhythm and it wasn't necessarily about, executing combos it was more about just like moving around avoiding enemy attacks there is a parry uh but uh, and this will apply to some dark souls fans like i'm it shouldn't surprise anybody at home who's listened to me talk about games before is like i'm not a very good at parrying some would say absolutely terrible at it there's probably video evidence out there <laughs> and i think I don't know how best to describe it, but I feel like the parry system in this game uses like a system of like um, uh, it's like frame based and it's uh, it's based on each attack. So I am notoriously bad at like a knowing when to hit the button, uh, but also notoriously bad at remembering which attack comes from which enemy and when to parry (laughs) that specific attack. It's not the game's fault. It's it's totally a me thing. Um, I much prefer, (laughs) I much prefer the Batman and Spider-Man way of parrying, which is like big comic book style, hit the button now, Ryan, (laughs) do it. Uh, that's my preferred style. I know that's not everybody's preferred style. It is the the baby mode of parrying. (laughs) This game does not have that. And really what I've found is like the best advice I saw as I was trying to determine like, okay, how do I? Like a lot of people were starting with the parry system and some folks were just saying like, just dodge, don't worry about parrying, like parrying, you have to have that specific window. And when you parry successfully, uh, I think you get a a small boost to your, um, your combat abilities. Uh, there's, there's a a meter you charge up, uh, but also the enemy immediately goes into stun lock and then you can use your finisher move on them with a push of the button. So like huge payoff if you can nail it but if you don't hit it there is a negative aspect to it. So if you don't hit the parry, obviously you get hit, but I think you also get a little bit you little a little bit stunned. Like you get interrupted, which makes sense. You getting hit. So that's why it's all about that rhythm and you're going to want to make sure you're dodging. That's how I have been able to play, but I know there are some folks out there that are like, okay, hold my Dark Souls collectible trophy, you know. Um <laughs>
1: so yeah and actually just the way you're describing it it does sound a lot like parrying in dark souls um and for whatever it's worth I, I mentioned earlier i'm someone on a mission trying to platinum those games because i'm crazy i guess um i don't parry either other than uh in Sekiro, and you you sort of have to but um yeah i'm i'm also the just dodge or I have a shield rather than try to parry with it. I'm just going to let you hit the shield. Like, yeah, (laughs) you know, I don't need to be fancy with it. I,
0: (laughs) yeah, there is no, uh, there's no equivalent here from, from what I recall playing. And maybe if there's a block button, maybe I forgot it, but I, I like, it's all about finding your, your, your path forward. And I think that the parry is there for folks who want to use it. And, the dodge is there and the dodge is, you know, that's the other thing. The dodge is very, uh, forgiving. Like you can dodge, you're going to dodge further than you would in other games. Um, there's, uh, the, the core mechanics, like you have your basic abilities, your basic fighting abilities, and then you have like some super, uh, super fighting abilities where that drains a meter of power. And then of course you, you gain more power to that meter by, uh, um, by successfully defeating enemies. And uh, there's a self heal. So that's the other thing that's very useful is that, like, you know, being a beat em up, you're up in people's faces, like, you're going to lose your health. And the fact that there is a self heal that you can use that uses the same energy bar that you're constantly filling up from combat. Um, I found that in between encounters, I was always able to get my health back up to 100%. And still be able to fight the next encounter and build up that energy. And it's got a nice loop there. Very forgiving. I know, you know, with Metroid games, like, you basically are constantly collecting health, energy, and, and resources. And then you do often find places where you can recharge all of that. But in this game, it's like, it's a constant feedback loop of of um, expending your special energy either through combat abilities or healing yourself, but constantly building it back up through combat. There's a lot of combat. It shouldn't surprise anybody, but, um, so far I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Like I said, the, the unique art style and the music and just the, the, the design that they have here is just so unique that, uh, I, I, I had to jump on it. The fact that it's a metroidvania with like just a different look and feel. And, um, I think the last time that kind of popped up would have been uh Guacamele was another one that kind of was like a metroidvania, but like just had such a different style and vibe that it was like, let's check this one out. I really liked Guacamele as well.
1: Yeah. Guacamele was fun.
0: Yeah. So I'll have more to say on cookie cutter, uh, next week, but, uh, I've been playing it on steam deck and, uh, yeah if you're into metroidvanias i know when i say metroidvania the discord's like oh they talked about a metroidvania i guess i gotta go spend some money (laughs) um this one's really cool i don't think i've uh not since guacamelee or guacamelee 2 have you played anything like this so uh definitely check it out
1: you said you got a review code is it officially out yet or it is out
0: yeah it launched uh mid-december i believe Um, okay
1: so pretty fresh
0: yeah, so it's it's new. It just I, I got my hands on it over the holidays, so this is the first opportunity I had to uh to share it with the listeners. Um Very cool. yeah, so check that out. And speaking of the listeners, uh I want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Gamers in. Posted our first TGI Patreon mini, which you can get directly into your podcatcher by becoming a patron. Available early access to all patrons over uh, at patreon.com slash the gamers in and uh extra life i want to thank everybody for the support right up until december 31st we had some amazing donations this year amazing support from the community uh, and i just wanted to to give a another thank you and um we'll probably do another thank you next week when jocelyn's on but uh travis i know you and i did a bunch of events this year and um yeah, I just wanted to to thank the community for all the support. It's it, it was a fantastic year. We're gonna take a bit of a break before we bring it back, but um, it'll be extra life time before we know it. Really,
1: <laughs> it's always extra life, isn't it? I um I I remember I got an email from uh, I, I forget if it was Boston Children's or if it was Extra Life. It was like January second, and they're like, "Okay, yeah. registration's open for the new year." I was like, "Dude." <laughs> <I> just- <laughs> Can I go Read to bed room. first? Like, <laughs> no. That it's. I mean, I joke, but it's. It's an amazing, uh, amazing charity. It feels great to support it and be a part of it. Um, so e- even if I joke and say we need a break or whatever, um, we, we very much appreciate everyone's contributions, all the team members who played, the people who came to watch and hang out with us while we were streaming. Um, donors. We really, I just appreciate the support from everyone. And I, I said this last time we streamed when we did, uh, played up, I think it was, but I just want to quickly, um, I normally don't like to thank people individually cause I don't want to put anyone else off, but I do want to thank Nevermore specifically just because at, at the very end, she's someone who is not uh, actively raising funds herself, but was so open all throughout the end of the year to help, um, help anyone that wanted to stream and offer up her stream as well to, to help push people to the goal. And, um, I just really appreciate that extra support, especially coming from someone who, um, was a part of the team and, and participating, but not actively having her own campaign going as well. Um, it just really struck me that she went above and beyond and I really appreciated that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nevermore was, was awesome. And I was, uh, really happy we were able to fit in a, a plate up session as I know that, uh, and she was a great guide. Like, honestly, she was, she was a rock star in terms of <laughs> helping us run that restaurant. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, plate up was a lot of fun and, and nevermore was, was really awesome throughout extra uh, life. So we really do appreciate that support as well. And, Um, yeah, like I, we joke, like, it's funny. I got like three or four emails on December 31st, just like pushing for final, you know, updates also from extra life and and sick kids. And then as you said, January 2nd, like extra life has the next year ready right away. I remember previous years, they used to like, you know, take, take a couple weeks and then even take months to get their sort of platinum rewards set up. But, uh, now they, uh, they have a they have it all down. Like they know, they know what they're doing next year. They're probably already working on 2025. So. um.
1: It's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I think I saw, I did get an email at one point um, that said Boston children, Boston children's hospital had received like $300,000 this year. Um, So it's, You know, we every little bit does help. Um, and it's easy to just write it off as this is just people playing games or whatever, but the the amount of money that goes to to the cause and helps people um and goes to children's uh, children and supporting people in long hospital stays is pretty incredible. Um so thank you again for everyone who's participated and donated. Um we really appreciate all the support and you really are making a difference and doing a good thing for people. So thank you very much.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, And one other aspect here, uh, we've got the TGI Game Club, which has returned. It took a, I don't know, like a six-month break last year, four-month break, um, as we, well, speaking of which, as we focused on Extra Life uh, full-time. But it has returned. We have our first discussion opened up in Discord right now for Pony Island. So whether you're playing for the first time or you played it previously and want to jump in, That chat is open in our game club uh, discussion forum. Um, And then our next TGI game club, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, when we were talking about the games we bought over the holidays, uh, we have the last of us part one, which is scheduled to start Sunday, January 21st. That first milestone will be posted by whirlwind, uh, our game club leader for the last of us part one. I think he's aiming for this Sunday. So you'll have a week head start uh, as we normally do. Uh, I was talking to whirlwind. I guess he's, he's completed, he's completed the base game and uh, he thinks we, well, he knows we can do it in five weeks. So the game club is uh, not a long one. We try to keep it to about six to 10 weeks. I think like six to eight being the sweet spot. So um, we'll be able to do it in five. And then the, the DLC chapter will be our sixth week for the last of us. So you want to join us on that journey, head over to the discord at bit.ly slash TGI discord. It really is the best place to get updates and discussions. And it's way better than it, it is. It is the social media platform of of my choice. I, you know, I tolerate Twitter. I love discord. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I guess you could say I tolerate Facebook as well. But anyways. Uh, well, let's uh, let's dive into some uh, quick news. There's not a whole lot going on, as we established at the beginning of the show. The holidays, the great holidays, uh, but CES is uh, going on. CES happened, uh, or still is happening. I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. Um, it all kind of blends together. But uh, Sony had a presentation, and you know, not a lot of stuff was said. But uh, they they focused on. Uh, some of their properties that they're bringing to television and, and, and movies. So I don't know much about gravity rush, but they showcased uh, the first clip from a gravity rush movie, which I believe is going to be direct to streaming. I don't know. It's, I think it's animated. I I didn't, uh, I didn't play the game, so I don't know too much about this project, Um, but it is, it is labeled as a movie. I don't know if it's coming. Maybe it's a direct to, to, to video type thing. I don't know. Um, but the big news here is the fact that writing has started on Prime Video's God of War series and Netflix's Horizon Zero Dawn shows. So writing has begun, obviously held uh, in a bit of a limbo because of the strikes that were happening. But uh, the first step towards these things being real um, has occurred. The writing has begun even if it just says chapter one, an old man in a boat.
1: It's six words on a page. The writing has (laughs) begun. (laughs) Um, No, obviously that's an important first step. Uh, I know, I know very little about gravity rush as well. Uh, I, I, so I, (laughs) not to discount that, but I, I have very little to to add in that regard. So I will move on to the other two. Having, uh, having played horizon and Uh, And and God of War, it will certainly be interesting to see how they're adapted to the big or small screen. Not sure on the uh, (laughs) how they're planning on releasing them yet. Um, But yeah, I I think anything God of War, certainly um, the game being so well written, will will certainly have a a strong adaptation as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I and I mean, Sony has done a great job at uh, I don't know if great. I mean, The Last of Us obviously was a great adaptation, but, you know, the Enchanted movie was okay. It wasn't, like, great, but it was better than most attempts at making video game movies. So, uh, you know, I think they're doing an okay job at at, uh, doing this right, and they're working with different partners, uh, which I think is a good way of sort of making sure you're not taking on too much all at once. So you have God of War Prime, you have Horizon with Netflix, and they have some internal projects as well. I think, I think that uh, you know that like they're they're keeping Uncharted for themselves, um, and uh, and yeah, like sort of along those lines. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors about casting for season two of The Last of Us. Obviously, a lot of announcements were held uh, under wraps because of the strike that was going on last year. But we finally have confirmation of who will be playing Abby in the second season of The Last of Us. And that is going to be Caitlin Dever will be playing Abby in the second season. Um, This was confirmed this week. She is known uh, from her roles in uh, Booksmart. uh, No one can save you. She was in Justified. I saw people were mentioning she's in Last Man Standing as well, which is a, as far as I know, a comedy series, I believe. Uh, (laughs) I don't say that like I'm being mean. I'm just trying to remember. It's with Tim Allen. I'm pretty sure it's The Last Last Man Standing.
1: believe she also has a connection with Uncharted, though I won't go any further than that yeah. to avoid potential spoilers.
0: I spoiled um, it for you, and I'm like, well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh,
1: so, yeah, another Sony tie, which which I guess uh, doesn't hurt as well. But, no, it's exciting. I really enjoyed The Last of Us HBO adaptation. Um, Bella and, and Pedro were phenomenal, so I'm, I'm sure... Uh, whoever they selected for Abby was also going to be an extremely talented individual. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, seeing how this plays out in uh, 2027 or whenever it is that they finally put it together. No, I don't think it'll be that long, um, hopefully. But yeah, really excited. Um, enjoyed the show and can't wait to see more.
0: Yeah. And they also, uh, actually this is breaking today. Um, they also cast Jesse for season two and Jesse is going to be played by young Mazzino or, uh, I think that's how that's, that's pronounced. Um, who is known, uh, for his work. What what would we know him from? Um, they don't mention it. They don't mention it in this article. That's really annoying. Oh, he's, he was in beef, which I did also not, I also have not seen, but it's a, it's that Netflix, um, show about beef <laughs> be <Beef laughs> super, beef. <laughs> super descriptive.
1: Uh, beef was a pretty crazy show. I actually did watch that one. Um, it, it, it went places. I'll say that. <laughs> oh.
0: So you're not going to spoil it since I spoiled, uh, the, the ending of uncharted four for you.
1: Uh, well, so, I mean, it was a, it's a Stephen Yuen joint, I yes. guess. Is, so I'll, I'll say, and I, I, uh, really enjoyed him. And I believe Ali Wong, is the name of the actress. Uh, I think who's so. Quite funny as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it, uh, it is funny, but it also has some, some very serious and uh, crazy things that go on too. So it's, it's a heavier show than you might expect it to be um, based on the casting. So I'll say that. Um, but yeah, check it out if you like those actors or if you want to see what the beef is. <laughs>
0: It's not a documentary about the beef industry. It is not.
1: No, it is. uh, No, no beef, (laughs) no beef of that sort.
0: They would have had to clear that with copyright. Like make sure there's no, there's gotta be a documentary called beef.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You would would think, I mean, we've got forks over knives, so there must be a beef somewhere, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, of course. Um, Well, there's a, there's one more little news here. And I mean, I, I'm just going to mention it, but uh, this is an announcement of announcements. (laughs) Um, Our first uh, direct style event for the, uh, you know, the proper three, Sony, Microsoft and Nintendo, Uh, Microsoft's going to go first with the first Xbox direct of 2024 announced for January 18th. Um, And this is a I think they call it a developer direct uh, where it's going to be showcasing various first party studios. Uh, including Machine Games with Indiana Jones. We're going to get our first gameplay trailer for Indiana Jones. Um, and I, how do you feel about Indiana Jones? Do you, you want to see a video game? Like, did you watch the new movie?
1: I No, I didn't watch. I didn't. Uh, the last Indiana Jones movie I saw was uh, The Last Crusade. So I'm, oh, wow. I'm a bit behind as as far as the new. Let me movie, give you a piece uh, of
0: advice. Don't yeah, catch up.
1: Don't yeah, Yeah. <laughs> yeah leave Leave it at uh, Sean Connery. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's I. I enjoy Indiana Jones as a property, but I I'm not someone that is anxious to expand upon it. So this doesn't um, this doesn't move the needle for me in particular uh, any more than you know a new Tomb Raider or Uncharted or, or that type of game would. But uh, for everyone else who is in love with the franchise, uh, I, I'm happy that, that, that this is going to exist and hopefully it'll give uh, give some folks something to look forward to because it is certainly a good property and uh, for those that want to be indie uh, now's your chance.
0: Yeah, it's been a while since we've had an Indiana Jones video game so I think we're we're definitely due up. Um, uh, another one is Obsidian's going to have a Vowed to show off. This is one that we got our first gameplay look at last year. Uh, it was basically a, a pre-rendered first person cutscene for the longest time. And then we got first gameplay. So we're going to see more of that. Uh, I believe that one is confirmed for 2024. So um, that'll be a lot of fun to see more of that game. Uh, and then the game, as I described, uh, that's a lot, the video game, but um, <laughs> we have uh, Aura History Untold from oxide games. This one is, uh, from the creators behind classic strategy titles like civilization five. So you can kind of guesstimate what that would be. This is going to be another strategy game. Um, but it's, uh, I, I guess part of this Microsoft umbrella and, uh, another, another look at Senua's saga hellblade two. I feel like they've been showing this one off for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine we get a proper release date uh at this time because this is one that is confirmed for twenty twenty four. Um but I think I think the trailer ends with a specific release date. Um I wouldn't even be surprised if it was released uh before summer, you know, probably in in the spring time frame. So um yeah. It'll be really interesting to see that one again. Uh I know that Hellblade the first one has been sort of floated as a as a possible game club contender and maybe the announcement of a release date for the sequel might, you know, lock that one in, but uh how do you feel about Hellblade? Do you feel like you want to Have you played the first one at all?
1: I did. I played the first one um not right when it came out, but it's been a few years, so I I guess somewhere, somewhere in the middle. Uh, it was a pretty intense game for sure. It it was, um, you know, we talked a little bit about, uh, the last of us and my take on that being, um, it's a game that I'm glad I played and I, I enjoyed the experience of, but it wasn't like fun, if that makes sense. (laughs) Um, and I, or fun for me. And I don't mean that as a criticism in the game, just like, I'm not good at that type of game. Um, so, so some of the things mechanically were, uh, less enjoyable for me and uh, hellblade was kind of similar in that like it was a really cool game um, it looked amazing um, and it it was you know trippy and, and weird and um, that's also not really my my taste I know there are folks that really like that kind of thing so I can appreciate also I remember the sound design being pretty incredible as well yeah. um, so I can appreciate it as as being a great game maybe one that wasn't Particularly for me, um, but I know it also brought a lot of attention to um, some some mental health issues in general. Uh, and obviously, any game that does good things for society as well as a step forward um, helps us move the industry forward away from being keep, being people in mom's basement into you know being strong individuals who are civically minded and community minded that want to want to be helpful and things like that. So anything that can uh, uh, shed light in a positive way through use video games to do that I think is is obviously a great thing so I'm excited to see another game I will probably play it at some point um, it's just it's not going to be like a day one thing for me just because again that I I want to play it because I appreciate what the game is doing but it's maybe not my type of or my cup of tea per se so but I'm excited for it uh, I, I'm glad to see it moving forward and I
0: think it'll be I think
1: it'll review well and uh and and be received very well overall.
0: Yeah. So what you're saying is we should follow up the last of us part one. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. A Hellblade. Le- yeah, for sure. Not
1: not Last of Us Part Two, but Hellblade. No. <laughs> that's we a- need to take a break, you know. <laughs>
0: but really we should get part two in before the second season uh, in twenty twenty five. But uh, and you know we
1: have nine days nine days from now it gets the shiny new upgrade. So
0: there is that. Oh, that's right. <laughs> And, uh, well, you know what? Leave it to Naughty Dog to Skyrim it, you know? Everyone gives Skyrim a hard time, but, like, you know, Naughty Dog's over here just... (laughs) I mean,
1: in fairness, Naughty Dog has two games, not not just one. That's true. That's, like, twice as many as Skyrim. That
0: that is twice as many. (laughs) Um, A a couple other tidbits. uh, They shared that um, no Activision Blizzard news. They'll have more on that later this year they're still working through that um there was a rumor that hi-fi rush or well a prominent microsoft game will be coming to a third uh uh, well to a to a non-microsoft platform the rumors heavily suggest it'll be hi-fi rush and the switch uh we'll see if that's the case and uh also following the developer direct will be the sort of annual reveal of the eso expansion so Lots to look forward to if you are, uh, very much enjoying the Microsoft ecosystem. It feels like even just with that slot of four games that we mentioned, it feels like Microsoft has like a solid 2024 lined up more so than previous years, including their Activision Blizzard titles that they will now be able to say and count as their own. This might be the first year that Microsoft actually has stuff, you know, like, uh, they haven't really had a big release since I mean Halo Infinite comes to mind and that was two years ago. So I, I know I'm likely missing like a big first party title. I know Forza came out this year, but like, you know, in terms of like mass market appeal, game of the year type stuff, and yes, Starfield was this year as well. I I can't believe I almost forgot that. So Starfield this year, but that was it, really, like, you know, um, so, yeah, and it was a tough year to have only one, one big game, you know, and even PlayStation had, I think, you know, less titles come out in 2023, but they, they, they had more than just Spider-Man, right. They had uh, some other stuff as well, but you know, was yeah, Ragnarok, we'll see.
1: no Ragnarok was
0: 22. Yeah. Ragnarok was last year. Um, well, we had final fantasy 16 and I know that was a third party sort of exclusive, but you know. They had stuff that they could call their own. And I, I think Microsoft was still in a building year. And I think we're going to see those results. And I know some people in Discord will be like, man, Ryan's being very positive about Xbox. That i like, they are a company that just spent $90 billion on an acquisition. I mean, they're due up. <laughs> Even if they just buy their way into the conversation. Like they are, I think this year they are... At a state where a lot of their acquisitions, like Bethesda, Machine Games, which is part of Bethesda, um, it, and like a lot of those games listed that we're talking about, those are all acquisitions. Those aren't sort of the traditional first-party Microsoft studios that we think of of the 360 era. These are ones that they purchased late in the Xbox One and early Series X generation. So. I think this is the year we're gonna start seeing those results. You know, you saw it starting with Starfield, but Starfield was one that, that took a little longer than they anticipated to to get off the uh the launch pad. So um that one uh well we'll know more on January eighteenth when that developer direct hits.
1: Yeah, and and regardless of if any of that actually comes to fruition, um if nothing else, we we've now seen that Blizzard has taught Microsoft how to make an announcement of an announcement. So, 90 billion dollars well spent, right?
0: <laughs> They're not even going to be there. The part of the announcement of the announcement was don't expect the people we spent 90 billion dollars on. So, yeah. I I you know, I think the thing is like Activision Blizzard is such a huge entity i think if we look back to bethesda um they sort of existed on their own for a little bit after the acquisition because it takes time to sort of like you know fold it in right and get get everybody together on the same page i think activision blizzard is still another year or two away from that but i fully expect microsoft to kind of like bring them under the microsoft sort of microsoft studios umbrella uh, it's just going to take a little longer because they, they do have, I mean, Call of Duty alone is like this juggernaut of a franchise that uh, is hard to sort of put under an umbrella. Like, it's kind of its own thing. Like, it's hard to imagine that. The same with Blizzard games, specifically World of Warcraft. It'd be very, I think it'd be kind of tough. Like, even with ESO, they kind of treated it as its own thing. You know, it being separate from the main direct, so... Um, it's interesting. I mean, they, they are, I think Microsoft is like an example of like a very, like they're all owned by Microsoft, but it's a very, um, I don't want to say unorganized, but it's like, there's a lot going on there. Sony has their first and second party studios, but like they're fairly well organized. Nintendo also has theirs and it's, it's much more, um, it's not even secrecy. It's more obscurity. Like they, They don't really talk about their first and second party studios like they're just all Nintendo games, whereas PlayStation is like this is Insomniac. This is Sony Santa Monica, you know, and I think Microsoft is is trying to go with the PlayStation approach of like having specific studios. Um, But like they're still a little bit behind on that, but uh, they'll get there. I think they got the Windows money. Microsoft's going to be just fine.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> no,
0: I'm not either. I don't think anybody else should be worried about Microsoft. It, like they're going to be fine. They got windows money. It'd be like Apple coming into the business. Like they got Apple money. They got iPhone money. They're going to be fine. <laughs> you know? Uh, well, you know uh, that is going to do it for this episode. Uh, Travis, thank you so much for uh, guesting uh, this week. I was looking for the word. I found it. <laughs> Um, Can you let everybody know at home uh, where they can find you on the internet?
1: Yeah. So you can, uh, I I do some, uh, let's say perler bead pixel art. Uh, You can find my art pages at pixel mountain pop art on both Facebook and Instagram, or you can find me in the TGI discord. Uh, I am Travis pixel mountain in there. Um, I don't really do Twitter much these days. Oh, and uh, Twitch. If you want to, I don't stream a lot outside of Extra Life, but if you want to give me a follow so you know when we're going to be doing Extra Life streams, I am uh, Pixel Mountain Gaming on Twitch.
0: Very good. And funny enough, uh, over the holidays, I was, um, we, the, the two oldest were at um, my parents. So Ashley and I made a point of like cleaning up the house and trying to organize stuff. And m- one of my tasks was to finally tackle the office, which has been in, <laughs> Uh, there was a box. Let's just say there was a box that had been sitting on my floor that was there since I moved um, six were years there, ago.
1: Were there Chuck Norris posters in it?
0: <laughs> no, those those <laughs> were cleared out last year. Come on, give me some credit. Okay, okay I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, that was last year's cleaning effort uh, around this time. But this year, I actually put up my frames, and one of them is your artwork your your uh, link to the past link. Oh, nice artwork. So it's it's behind me. You can't see it. I'm motioning as if you can. <laughs> But you know, it's it's back there. I will uh, I will send a will take a picture and, and share it with, with the listeners. But I was really happy to, to get to finally get that uh up on the wall because it's been uh carefully sitting in a box <laughs> here.
1: So so, they're they're pretty sturdy i, I don't yes. feel too bad about it so don't worry i think yeah. joss has one too not not a link to the past but i think i sent something for her as I well. i think it was one jack
0: there. uh skellington oh yeah yep yeah. you're right yeah yeah so uh thank you for for sending yep. those i i don't even want to think of how many years ago it was but it was it was, <laughs> it was definitely not last year um but uh it is now on the wall and i can see it every time i walk into my office uh and uh, folks who want to, you know, discuss video games with various awesome people, uh, Travis included, go to our Discord, bit.ly slash TGI Discord. It really is the best place. Like we're always, there's always a conversation going on there and everyone's super friendly. So definitely join our Discord. You can also visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You'll find all our past episodes there, full show notes, all, all the stuff you'd find at a podcast website bookmark it (laughs) people still do that i don't think so they 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 probably don't even go to the website but it's there if you uh if you want to visit it uh you can also follow us on twitter (laughs) after i said i you know we're on twitter (laughs) you know uh, you can find jocelyn at joss plays myself at r murphy uh travis you said you were pixel mountain art on twitter or you're not on twitter
1: not, not so much on Twitter. Pixel Mountain Pop Art on uh, Facebook and Instagram. There you go.
0: He's in with the meta crowd. Uh, but don't forget to follow the show at the Gamers Inn uh, on Twitter. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for staying at the Gamers In. And tune in next week. Bye, everybody.